Hey friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a counterterrorism professional turned career coach, speaker, and Forbes blogger, and I created the U-Turn Podcast because, let's face it, every now and again, we realize that we're living life on autopilot, and it's time to wake up and make that U-Turn in your life. So prepare to go deep with some of the most transformational people I know, here to help you grow and upgrade your mindset, whether it's in work or love. In the meantime, we've opened up access to three free e-courses on uturnpodcast.com. So head on over there if you want to land a new job you love, find your purpose, or launch your dream business. All of these courses are totally free. All you got to do is head on over to uturnpodcast.com. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com. Now let's get started with this week's guest. I think also it's important to recognize that trauma doesn't have to be a level 10. Like your level 10 is going to look like someone else, like someone might be somebody else's five. And so it's not really about having needing it to be this really heavy thing. I think we all have trauma and it's all stored in us, even if they're just limiting beliefs or stories or things we've witnessed and experiences or there are these almost, I'm not picturing like hooks, like they kind of just keep us in our little boxes, right? We're what we're used to. And so we sometimes don't realize what the more is, how much more freedom we can have, how much more pleasure we can have and what we can create with that. Hello, U-Turn friends. We are hustling today. I have so many podcast interviews, and this one is one that I've been really excited about. It's Julianne Vaccaro. She's a holistic life coach and a somatic sexologist. She helps women heal their trauma, get back into their body, and she also has a podcast called The Reclamation Project. And I want to ask her for some steps and insights on how to heal and release trauma. There's so much more to it, and I know that she's going to have so many answers. Julianne, thank you so much for putting up with this rush today and for grounding with me in this amazing podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you so much. Thank you for that welcome. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, you are such a little... I was around your energy um, when we did a weekend at USM together and you were just so mm-hmm. calm and collected and I can tell you've done work. So I would love to just briefly share with everyone like what brought you into the world of trauma. Thank you for that feedback. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's been really cool to receive that feedback the more that I've gone into the somatic work. So really what brought me into that was my journey was always really physical and very much in my body. So coming from a really fitness and health and fitness background, competing, boxing, yoga and stuff like that, really really feeling like I was connecting with my body, but it was actually me being so disconnected from my body and really being so much in my inner masculine and overachieving and really being hard and rigid in all of the approaches that I had and and very structured and very disrupted from my pleasure and from my body and from the feminine in me. And so after years of kind of striving for perfectionism and going after things like that, I experienced a lot of abusive relationships, some of which left a lot of trauma in my physical body, which led me into a somatic healing program. And that was where I kind of had my own sexual awakening, I could say. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of personal and spiritual development in that time frame as well. And so it was all really reclaiming my power and taught me so much about really coming back into our bodies as women and how disconnected we really are from our pleasure and how if you can just switch 
that script and really swing back into our feminine and learn to like that calm that you felt that relaxation and, and releasing the tension through somatic processes and healing our trauma in that way. And then bringing that pleasure in and really bringing us back into ourselves, into that grounded feeling and creating from that place and reclaiming our power. Wow. Okay. And you know, one of the things that I always try and figure out Julianne is like that tie between trauma and then your sexuality like, what is that? How how could you explain that tie? Because I hear it often where people talk about trauma and then also their sexuality. What do you think that is about? Yeah, well, I think that a lot of the programs that run in society and a lot of, I think, in like organized religion, there's just this notion that sex is, is bad and it's shamed. And so it's disconnected from spirituality for a lot of us. And so I feel like it's the missing piece for a lot of personal and spiritual growth and practices that we have is we just are completely neglecting sexuality when it's such a, it's such a primal primitive thing for us. It's such a huge component. And so it's just energy and and sexual energy is so powerful to transmute energy and also to create it. It's our life force and there's so much power in that. And Also, what I've personally experienced and witnessed with clients with the trauma piece of kind of bridging it is we create so much tension in our bodies from all of our trauma from from because so so it all stores in our body and our tissues. And so we have these aches and pains and all these things are developed. And I really feel that it's all from unhealed trauma. So it gets stored and we create this armor and we get really filled with tension and we're tight. And that's that, you know, always trying to do stuff and not being able to settle. So we're so disconnected from even just the pleasures of life, take the sexuality out of it. And so what I've seen with the somatics and the healing is that when you release that, you're able to then access the pleasure that we're often cut off from. And from that pleasure is is the surrender. And you come back into the ease of life and you're back in connection with your emotions and with the feminine kind of, the, that calm and the compassion and then there's so much freedom in that as well. And are there any indicators, would you say like right now that women are like cut off sexually due to trauma? Like, is there any way that they can kind of look at their life right now as they're listening to us and evaluate whether they are somebody who is suffering from this? Totally. Yeah. And, and also, you know, to go back to that previous question, the more that I'm in this, the more that I recognize how common sexual abuse is. And so often I think as women, the unsafety and the disconnect that we feel in our bodies is so much tied to our sexuality. And we don't realize how us being out of our sexuality is really taking us out of how we are supposed to be in this world. We have it kind of confused where the masculine and men are so heavily tied to the sexuality and then the women are the spiritual ones but really the roles should be reversed and when we reclaim our sexuality we take back our power as women and so the so just being in the world as women you know going through my own journey like you're asking what to look at i almost always felt like i had sexual trauma in my background I felt like I was going to go into the somatic healing work and uncover memories that were going to indicate that I had sexual trauma. And I never, there was no trauma, but it was just me feeling unsafe in my body from maybe programming around how my body should look. And, you know, being in bodybuilding, it was okay. You need to be really lean and you need to look this specific way. And so I never felt 
like it was all of the common eating disorders and not feeling pretty enough, not good enough. And so reclaiming my sexuality has allowed me to really fully know myself and take back that power. I think there's like this subconscious belief that a lot of people experience when somebody, a woman talks about reclaiming her sexuality, where they picture you like at porno, pornographic, <laughs> like sexual levels, you know, like, sure. what do you, what do you, what does it really mean when somebody reclaims their sexuality? Well, I think it goes back to that piece of we've taken spirituality out of it when really it's such a spiritual experience. And we as women have the power through our orgasm to access those higher levels of consciousness and tapping into the divine. If we're going to go all the way in that direction, like we have that ability as women to tap into that. And, but we've taken spirituality out of it and we've made it another chore or we've taken the pleasure out of it. Again, it's just something that we just do or we're not really fully in the moment. Our mind is out there. We're disconnected. We're dissociated from our body. So coming back in, there's, there's that surrender into the pleasure and into the freedom in it. That's really what I feel most is the outcome of the work and what it feels like when you're, when you have taken back your sexuality is the freedom of the freedom to express the freedom to show up in the world in whatever way you want and doing that unapologetically and owning all of that. And so it's a lot of de-shaming and like letting go of the judgment around sexuality and your own self-pleasure or have, having partners, whatever it is that you like, but it give, it's giving you that permission too. So bringing the spirituality into it, I feel is very important, but to get there, we really need to take away that shame and that judgment and the misunderstanding of what sexuality really is. And, you know, for any woman listening right now, what are maybe a few indicators that she's experiencing like a sexual block or holding on to some like significant trauma in her Mm -hmm. body? Yeah, I would say feelings. What I hear often in my own personal experience is a lot of moving through life from like a third perspective, like almost like you're watching yourself on a movie screen. Mm -hmm. That was always how I felt. And I get that feedback from my women and my programs often is there's so much more in their body and living life through their own eyes again, where they're actually experiencing it. I find that a lot of women feel really dissociated and they don't feel like they're actually like physically inside of their, their body. Like it doesn't feel safe. And so I think also it's important to, recognize that trauma doesn't have to be a level 10 like your level 10 is going to look like someone else like someone might be somebody else's five and so it's not really about having needing it to be this really heavy thing I think we all have trauma and it's all stored in us even if they're just limiting beliefs or stories or things we've witnessed and experiences or there are these like almost I'm picturing like hooks like they kind of just keep us in our little boxes right we're what we're used to and so we sometimes don't realize what the more is, what, what more free, how much more freedom we can have, how much more pleasure we can have and what we can create with that. So I feel that how a woman would know is, is 
is really looking at what she feels about her sexuality and about the feminine and around kind of like you said, there's this belief that, okay, it's maybe women having all of these partners are in this like pornographic scene. Right. So is that, what are your beliefs around that? Where did you pick that up from? Who told you that really looking at the programs that are in your head would be really helpful too. Mm -hmm. Um, and really looking if there's judgment too. Mm -hmm. So if there's judgment around, around thinking about other women doing that, or if you were to step into that, what would come up for you around that? And I think it's a really, it's an untapped area of personal growth as well in it. Yeah. I love this. And so let's say a woman kind of feels some of that, like they are walking around the world feeling like they're kind of watching their life from a third party view. Like they just feel a bit disconnected and they are so wanting to connect and, um, feel their, feel their life, feel more vitality. Um, what would be a first step to kind of look at all of this trauma Yeah, or lack think, thereof? <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I think it's kind of, it goes back to your other question too. Like how would a woman know? I think the first step is really looking at what is your, what is your relationship with your sexuality? Um, like how would you know if there's trauma there? Do you have a relationship with your sexuality or do you feel like you just don't go there? Are you, is that not something that you even look at or touch or have you ever had that kind of a relationship with yourself? Do you have like a self-preserved practice? And if you don't, why don't you? Is it, is there fear around it? Is there shame? Is there like, you know, what experiences have contributed to the emotions there? So I think that that's, that's really where you can look at first and see what that looks like and what that relationship feels like for you. And then moving into where, again, are those beliefs, where have they come from and working through it, I think is often, it's really leaning into the practice and leaning into the discomfort and releasing that and changing those stories. So I always like to have my clients do journaling exercises where we're pulling out the old limiting beliefs and then rewriting them. So doing a somewhat of a brain dump or release writing and just getting all of the the crap out, all of the programs that you've had and you can organize it or you can make it really sloppy. It doesn't matter. But when you're done really pulling out those, those, those stories that you no longer want or the ones that are really strong, like let's say, if a partner, like uh, maybe one of your old limiting beliefs is, okay, if a woman has a self-pleasure practice, she's X, Y, Z, or if she has multiple partners, that means she's this. What And are, they, are those beliefs that you really feel or are those things that you've just heard from society or from your friend or whoever, right? And so rewriting that and really taking back your truth and your power through that and then leaning into that relationship that you have with your sexuality, building a self-pleasure practice, experimenting with yourself and really getting to know yourself. Cause I think often we put the responsibility of pleasure outside of us, whether it's a partner. Well, yeah, it's a partner. Right? <laughs> um, so putting that responsibility on somebody outside of us when we don't even really know our bodies, we don't really even know what we like and how can we ask that and put that, on our partner and just have that be the expectation if we're not even taking care of ourselves in that way. Okay. And when you think about, um, you know, like the first step looking at the root of trauma in your body, that feels like a huge, I don't know, like to me, when I think of that, I'm like, whoa, what is the root of trauma in my body? So what is like a simple, clear, actionable way that anybody listening can kind of start to untap that root in their body? like get down to the very heart of it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I find that often 
it's really looking at our core wounds too. So I feel that the, the body always knows. And, you know, for me, it was very much like what, what led me to go into the body work and what I find with the women that I work with is what leads them into this. And when they find me is they've done a lot of the logical processing. Like you've done a lot of the personal work. You've done a lot of all of the talking, but you still feel really weighed down by it and feel really heavy in that. And so I find that it's, it's maybe not so much of like searching for it, but in, in the search through it. So let's say you're, you're feeling that heaviness and you're feeling that trauma in your body, really going into your body and moving the emotions through you. So oftentimes what I see is clients processing certain experiences or moving through the hurts of the past. And, and what I encourage and what they do is, is do a lot of embodiment practices and somatic movement to really get into the body and move it through. And through that is where sometimes often the memories will come up. So if we were doing the somatic sexological work that I'm doing is hands on and letting the body bring up the memories that want to be cleared and the the emotions that want to be processed and let go of. Okay. And I mean, I know that a lot of people like this might be the first time they've ever heard personal development today. And, Mm. you know, they're just like, okay, I do feel a bit blocked. Like, and, and a good indicator is probably if you're having sex and you just feel really limited in yourself mm-hmm. and they're thinking or painful, like, yeah. or it's painful, which is a whole nother layer. And mm. they kind of think about their sexual experience and they're thinking, how do, you know, how do I start loosening up? How do I start mm-hmm. loosening this trauma? Um, is there a way that they can look at their body or, or tune into their body to, unlock something um as it relates to this kind of trauma Hmm. i feel often it comes down to permission and really giving ourselves permission to go and explore those things so often what happens with our body through our traumatic experiences we it's three things we fight we freeze or we flight So, and often we're stuck in freeze. Most of us are stuck in that freeze mode. And because of that, we tighten and we create all of that tension and our body locks up. So what is the, just to slow that down, what does fighting look like? What does freezing look like? And what does flight look like? So the freezing, freezing is kind of like locking and the flight can be dissociating, leaving the body from traumatic experiences. A lot of individuals who have a lot of that sexual trauma and sexual abuse that are coming in will feel really dissociated from their body will feel like it's unsafe to be in their body and so they're kind of like flying flighting out of it flying out um freezing like locking up really feeling that tension and the fighting was also was even was a lot of me and was like what i experienced was a lot of frustration a lot of tension a lot of wanting to like fight back with that aggressive kind of approach Mm, okay rather than that just openness the softness the ease and so that fight flight or freeze is probably in is happening in a sexual encounter at any time is what i would be guessing is that accurate for somebody who has this yeah sure and often i they think that a lot of just also so the body has all of that memory, but then for women, our our room space has all of that memory. Everything has that memory down there. And so that's a whole nother area where we're storing memory. And the the vaginal tissue is the same as our throat 
And so there's direct connection from both our heart center. There's points inside that connect right into the heart. And then there's the tissues the same for our throat. And so there's direct connection from our heart being open and also our voice. And so often with women in on the table that come in, it's about finding their voice. It's, it's that reclaiming of their power by using their voice, by, by activating their wild woman when needing, giving them permission to, to, to make sounds, to be loud, to pick up space. Um, and, and, but also to open and to soften around the heart and to come into their loving as well. Mm, That's amazing. Okay. The best way to learn a language, immersion, living where the language is spoken and just using it every day. But if that's not in the cards for you this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by more than 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations. And since I personally haven't been in France for a while, I love to hop onto Babbel for a few minutes every day and just keep my French up to par. Babbel even helps me with my accent, my pronunciation, so that on my next trip, I'll feel confident stepping off the plane, ready to chat with anyone. Here's a special from Babbel limited time deal for our listeners right now to get 55% off your subscription, but only for the U-Turn community at babbel.com slash U-Turn. So you can get 55% off at B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. Rules and restrictions may apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is just here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, they give you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the entire United States, and they are the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support you and your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash U-turn. Go to shopify.com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, that's S-H-O-P-I-F-Y.com slash U-turn. Hey, U-Turn friends, it's Ash here, and I've got to admit, my closet has been incredibly crammed with a lot of clothes, but nothing to wear. The solution? 
I decided to donate a ton of them and turn to Quince. They are the upgrade for high-quality, affordable pieces. Now I have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next. And the best part? I stayed on budget. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I just love them. I recently got the Italian pebbled leather crossbody bag, and it is the perfect size for a purse when I'm out, on a date night, traveling light, or just don't want anything bulky weighing me down. I really love what they're doing. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash U-turn for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N to get free shipping and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash U-turn. Hey, U-Turners, so sorry for the quick interruption, but I want to make sure you know that this episode has been brought to you by the Career Clarity Lab, the online course to help you find your career purpose in the workforce and upgrade your confidence. So if you're ready to unlock the best career path for you and you'd like to try a free version of our Clarity course, just head on over to U-TurnPodcast.com slash Clarity. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com slash Clarity. Now let's get back to this week's episode. When you kind of tune in to, because I'm always trying to find the opening for people who maybe are new to this. It's like, how do you even identify that this is something to be tuning into? And I think everybody relates to sex differently, right? So some people are feeling totally free and expressed, and that's probably the minority. And then others are in these different markers of trauma, whether they're um, freezing whether they're dissociating, they're flying, you know, flight in flight um, or whatever. So I think that's really three really good points. And when you explore root of trauma in your body, like you're saying that your, you know, like your vagina remembers. So like your womb, how does it remember? Like, how does that feel in somebody's experience to show that, hey, your womb is remembering trauma? I understand this because to some extent, but I had a cousin that I I write about a little bit in my book who molested me when I was a little girl and I didn't remember that it happened to me until I was 16. Like the, the memory just completely left my brain and I always thought it was really weird when I read science books because I was like, how could the brain release a memory later? Like you remember what you remember. And that was my first experience of of the science of this, like being my own experiment, like realizing how real that is. And for a lot of years, I just felt like a lot of judgment towards sex and discomfort about it. And there's been there's been so much healing for me since that time. But I know that my body remembered the violation because whenever I saw this cousin, even though I didn't remember in my head what happened, like my body had anxiety around him and I felt that anxiety. So just to kind of help anybody paint a picture of like, what does it really look like or how does it manifest in their day-to-day life when their womb remembers something, but maybe their brain doesn't or, you know, their brain hasn't processed it. Like how, what kind of experiences would they be having to show that? Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I really appreciate this question. And, um, I feel like it's something that we all need to dive into. And I feel like you said, 
there's things that are stored there that we like our mind can alter a lot of the memory. And so even sometimes in the work, like there'll be memories that come up that you don't even remember happening, but the body remembers and the body pulls that out. And so some experiences that you could have is, is tightening during sexual experiences, but often even the pain, like you were, like we were saying before, even for me, often looking back on my, on my relationship with my sexuality and often how I felt in my body and with sexual experiences, there was so much previous pain, like just pain, pain with sex. Um, and often that's when there's a lot of stored, uh, emotion and trauma in there as well. So often if we feel and have had trauma around that, then we can tighten tension and not open. And often, often we're not even having enough foreplay for our bodies and for our, our parts to really open and receive in that way. And so that's even trauma there as well. Right. And so if we're not having experiences that are thorough and that are supportive of like that feminine foreplay and sexual experiences where there's, where there's um, like nurturing from the masculine and really giving that pleasure to the feminine, like the feminine needs to be turned on. It's not something we can just get, get into. So if we've had, experiences like that where it's felt forced or um things like that then we could be having a lot of pain and so even i would say other ways to really feel that in the day-to-day is how do you feel walking out in the world like how do you feel what do you believe how do you feel around men i know for me and many of my the clients that come in some people feel really uncomfortable around men or they'll alter the way that they dress because because they they're maybe in fear around men or things like that, just based off of experiences that they've had in the past. And sometimes we don't even realize that that it's there. I think that's the other piece is that they become such normalized behaviors or normal thought processes. They just become the way the world is. Mm. Um, and even just to share some personal experience, I what, what led me into that somatic work, like I mentioned, I had uh, abusive relationships that were traumatic for me. Um, I had one that ended and a couple of weeks after I found out that I was pregnant and then I found all this proof that it was done on purpose. And so that, so I had to go through that experience and that left me with all of that trauma in my womb space and feeling, feeling really unsafe in my body. And so I had done so much of other healing work. And then when I, my first time going back into like the dating scene and connecting and having an intimate partner, my body completely locked. And I, it felt like I thought I was, you know, I thought I had done the healing work and my body was like, Oh, no way. There's no way you're going there. And I, and I realized like for the first time how much my body had held on to that trauma and that story. So yeah, I think also life will present certain experiences to uncover things when they're ready to be released. So I think that's another big piece of it. Wow. Yeah. I, I love the more we talk about like helping people indicate that it's even there. I just think that awareness alone is so strong, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then we were talking about how to tap into it and move it. So, and then I also have a question. I think some women listening, they might think like maybe they've had sex with their boyfriend and they haven't been turned on, but the boyfriend wanted it and they were kind of open to it. Their body just wasn't mm-hmm. catching up. You know what I mean? Um, does that create sexual trauma to allow someone in if it's consensual, but your body isn't turned on? I think it can, I think it can be something that can be, that can create trauma there. I mean, it, it probably doesn't feel as good as it could, Yeah, which I think would be kind of off putting, or I think it depends on the person, but 
I feel often that like, I think that goes back to the piece of taking back our voice, right. And reactivating that and speaking on and knowing our bodies, right. That goes back to what is, what, how, how do we need to be turned on and what would feel good for us? Like why are bringing back the pleasure component too, um, and not saying that sex has to always be a half hour of foreplay before there's penetration, but like where really focusing on that turn on and bringing back in that pleasure component, um, and knowing what we, what we desire and not being afraid to ask for that. And if that means asking for a little bit more foreplay and saying that, like, I'm not ready, my body's not ready kind of a thing and having that conversation. Um, so yeah. Wow. I love this. Okay. And you know, when it comes to focusing on pleasure and surrendering, I'm guessing for a lot of people that feels intimidating because they're, you know, maybe they're making the awareness right now, like, okay, my body is shut off in some way. I realize it. I know it. But going from like my body is shut off to, okay, now I'm going to take action. um, It it could feel intimidating, I'm guessing, or like confusing. Like, how do I make it so my womb doesn't remember all of this or Uh my womb lets it go? Like, what are some steps that you would recommend for that? Because I'm guessing that somebody listening right now is like, oh yeah, my, like every time somebody tries to penetrate, even if it's welcome, I, I feel closed or it's harder for me to get turned on. I'm blocked in some way. I can't just relax. Mm -hmm. How do they get from like, but I want this to be happening. So I need to relax. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love this question. So I feel that it's really, I first want to say that trauma can feel really heavy. And it can, but I also want to always encourage individuals to really make it just another conversation that you're having with yourself and really experimenting and, and being and like an investigator, but like making it a fun kind of journey and doing as much as you can to have it be a light experience and being kind of in that observer going back to USM, right? Like being that neutral observer to whatever it is that you are kind of moving through with yourself and, and just being gentle with yourself and just prefacing all of it with that. Um, so if you're, if you're having that kind of experience and feeling really locked up and feel feeling a lot of unsafety, I would, I would first start with really journaling and just getting comfortable and easing your way into that space and going through again, kind of like what your beliefs are, but even if it's, you can even journal around what it is that you're feeling when those experiences happen, like when you're in those moments, what comes up for you and being gentle with that and, and really allowing yourself the space without judgment to let whatever wants to come up, come up and really look at and, and sit with it and be present and be patient with it and know that, things might be remembered that maybe you didn't know or things might come through or maybe nothing. Um, but not having an expectation on it, but just being exploring, being an explorer of that piece of you. And then I would move into really opening that relationship up with yourself and exploring that with yourself because to feel comfortable with a partner, we really need to feel comfortable with ourselves. And so even through our own pleasure practice, we can release a lot of emotions and we might have memories come up through pleasure practice with ourselves. So building that relationship with you and those parts of you and starting to really listen to her and acknowledge her and form that relationship will really allow you to 
even just get more comfortable with your sexuality. And maybe it's not about going into the, the trauma, but just applying the love can, can really shift that space. So if somebody right now is identifying it, um, how, how can they kind of sit and kind of just be with it? Because I think some people are like, what, how do I like let myself feel this? How do I heal this? Like, how do you suggest somebody feels something like that to move through it? Mm-hmm. So often I find we want to do something when we're experiencing these things and sitting in it is not a, is, is, is often not about the doing. It's just being with it and sitting with it for a little bit and, and embodying that. And that's really, 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 that's really where I feel that the trauma gets created. And that's why we're suffering with so many disease and pains and ailments and disconnection from our bodies. Cause we just don't feel, we're not ever taught to feel, we're not told that it's okay. We're shamed for our anger. We're shamed. You know, we're told not to cry. We're told not to get upset. I know in my me growing up, it was always, oh, just get over it. And there'll be a new friend or there'll be a new boyfriend. Right. And so you don't have that morning time and you're not honored in your emotion. And so what do you do? You stuff it down. And so often when we now start to feel stuff, we want to fix it and we want to do something and we think it's bad and we judge it. And we think that we're not supposed to feel that way when really we're human. We are going to feel that way. That's part of the human experience. And so it's not about doing something to like not feel it. It's, it's really learning to be with it and applying that compassion and love for yourself in those moments and knowing that it's okay. And that you feeling it is actually going to do much more for you than trying to pass through around it because then that's when it gets stored in the body. So the way to really clear that and to get through the experiences without having that trauma in the body is to go and, and go into the emotion and whether that you can do that through somatic movement, you could do that through ecstatic dance and just embodying the emotion and really letting it take you over being that emotion. If it's, it's, if it's rage and anger, throw a temper tantrum, stamp your feet, like get pissed, throw on some music and get mad. And if it's, sadness coming out, which usually is underneath all of that uh, rage and pain and anger, let the sorrow come out and nurture yourself and let yourself, you know, your, your higher self come in and nurture you through that. And, and then put some pleasure on top of it, do a nice little pleasure practice. And, you know, it's like, you've just opened up like all of those wounds. And so you want to bring yourself back into your turn on and bringing that sexual energy again to transmute and bring you back into that. Uh, so, that that's the important that's what we really need to be remembering is that it's so important to feel it so 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 going through that kind of practice will allow you to fully then release it that's the biggest piece is from embodying and feeling you get to let it go and it doesn't come back to haunt you because your body moved it and released it and i know somebody like maybe who hasn't done something like this in personal development they're thinking like i just need to like put on music and dance and that's going to make me want to have more sex like <laughs> you know what i mean like they're probably yeah. trying to draw that link um totally so what is it really about when it comes to that like is it just about letting yourself express and creating that container to because i think some people just can't seem to think okay i was molested or raped or whatever happened to me 15 years ago, I still feel a bit blocked. And you're telling me I just need to like rage against the machine and then masturbate in my apartment. You know what I mean? Like how does somebody get that? Totally. Yeah. And it might, it might, it might sound weird, but I bet there's something inside of you who's listening. who's very intrigued because parts of, you know, like, okay, that kind of sounds like it kind of makes sense. 
Um, and so I would say, try it. Think about how much better you feel when you get movement in. And so when, because even if it's a past memory and it's locked up in your body, it's, it's probably slowing, preventing you from being fully expressed, right? When those, when traumatic experience happens or those heavy things happen, they block us from showing up as fully ourselves and from our full expression. And there's so much of a link. Um, you know, my mentors always say what happens, uh, down under happens above. And so whatever's happening down there, it's the same thing. And so if you're blocked in your sexuality, you're probably not as fully expressed. Or, um, if you're really tight down there, you're probably really tight out in life. And Mm. so, um, there's similarities there as well. Wow. That's so helpful. Okay. Um, Julianne, you're so wise with this and I'm so glad we fit in this time because I've never covered this topic on the show and I think a lot of women need to hear it. So where can everybody find you and follow you and learn from you? Mm, Thank you. Thank you. So I have a podcast, as you said, it's called The Reclamation Project. It's on iTunes and Spotify. I'm most active over on Instagram. My handle is at Julianne Vicaro. And I put a lot of IGTV episodes up there. And then I have... Uh, a, a bunch of coaching programs so I've created uh, the goddess approach which is all about sh- uh, de-shedding all of the stuff that's not yours and really coming back to the truth of who you are and reclaiming your power on every level of every area so it's a combination of holistic health spiritual psychology and somatic sexological work and so I have a couple of different programs that cover all of that like healing the relationship that you have with yourself your body and your food and more that go into sexuality and uh, spirituality so Beautiful. Those are all available. Yeah. Thank you again. This has been great. I'm so excited to air it. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Hey there, it's Ash here, and I am just reflecting on the episode with Julianne, um, somatic sexologist and expert on trauma. And it got me thinking a lot about our society and just getting curious about why we tend to experience so much trauma. And, you know, I think one of the reasons we hold ourselves so tightly with so much opportunity to make a mistake, allegedly, or feel trauma, experience trauma, is that we live in a culture of first chances, first impressions. And, you know, recently I was kind of introduced to a new group of people and, and with that came some new business opportunities. And I remember thinking to myself, they don't know who I am. Like they don't know my integrity. They don't know my good nature. If I take one step the wrong way, maybe they'll draw a conclusion about me feeling some level of fear. And it got me thinking about how trauma is often not just one big event that happens to us or some small event that happens and we make some it means something about us you know i think about all my friends who are dating and somebody doesn't text them back and it's cuz they don't have their phone for the day and they get this little mini trauma where they start to believe in the future that men won't text them back or something like that or that they don't care about them but when i think about all of this 
I also think trauma is what we put ourselves through when we repeatedly fear something or we repeatedly think something and it becomes a part of our body's physiology and response, a psychological and physical response to something that scares us or that feels familiar to something that scares us. And uh, I just think a lot about how we are this culture of first chances and first impressions and how damaging that is for all of us, how much we hold ourselves tightly on that belief. And I think it's time we create a culture that accepts our humanity because as humans, we are not perfect. We are not always our best on the first shot. And one person that I think about with a lot of this is my friend Chelsea Crossed, who, if you don't follow her on the gram or whatever, she's just awesome. And she used to live in LA and California and she moved back out to Florida. And she was just one of the biggest joy friendships I've ever had and continue to have. Um, obviously, it's not the same with her being in Florida. But one thing that she has really taught me in our friendship is the importance of context and giving people grace. So for example, she had a friend who kind of snapped at her and was really rude. And if I had that, I would probably want to talk to my friend. But in her case, she totally excused it. And I remember saying, why would you excuse something like that? And she said, well, you know, I know she was kind of having a rough week um, last week and, you know, she's going through a breakup, da, 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 da. And you know, I think people just deserve a little grace. And I remember when she said that I was never the same because she taught me the importance of receiving grace and giving grace to people uh, and not being so tight and holding yourself for so much trauma potential when you believe that you need to be great all the time. You need to make a perfect first impression. Um, you need to be perfect to your friends and ever since then, I've just loved her so much more for that lesson. So where are you holding yourself tightly? Where are you giving yourself no grace, telling yourself you need to be perfect, telling yourself that there's no room for error, there's no room for your humanity? Friendly reminder, you are human. And if you are not going to allow that to yourself, who will? So start letting other people be human. Start letting yourself be human and let's change the norm. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. We keep really detailed show notes at U-TurnPodcast.com. So if our guest mentioned a book or a resource that you're interested in, you'll be able to find that there. In the meantime, if you were inspired by this episode, if it made an impact in your life, we would be so grateful if you subscribed and posted a review for us on iTunes. Rumor has it on the street, the more reviews we get, the more subscribes we get, the more we can grow and get our impact out there in the world. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you at Ashley Stahl on Instagram. I'm so grateful for connecting and I look forward to next week's episode. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, 
serial entrepreneurs Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's going to push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the Podcast Princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.